Thank you, Lord. Amen. Y'all can be seated, guys. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, please raise your hand. The ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's all go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. We've been on a subject for some weeks now on the Sunday mornings called Great Grace. Great Grace. In Acts 4, we see a description of the condition of the church in the beginning days. You know, the Spirit of God, first of all, uh, Jesus ascended, uh, having been raised from the dead. They saw him go up and was received into the clouds. And, and then uh, the next chapter or two, uh, the Holy Spirit fell and they were all filled and, and came down out of the upper room speaking in tongues and glorifying God. And uh, uh, Peter preached and thousands got saved. And the Bible said the Lord was adding to the church daily such as should be saved. And the lame man at the gate called Beautiful was raised up supernaturally and healed. And, what you know, that was some miracle. He'd never taken a step from birth, from birth. And immediately he was healed and leaping and walking. He never learned how to walk. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, and the whole city was moved by such a miracle. How many believe we can have miracles like that today? Amen. We've got the same Jesus, same name of Jesus, same, same gospel, same Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 4 and 33, we're told this in the, concerning uh, what was happening in the church. It said, with great power. Gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The ministers were ministering with great power concerning the resurrection of Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Say that out loud with me a couple of times. And great grace was upon them all. Say it again. And great grace was upon them all. Something was on them. And a lot of it. <laughs> great. Describes the degree. If it's great then it could be just grace or some or uh, the scripture says in Proverbs 19.12 the king's favor is as dew upon the grass. The same word translated grace sometimes translated favor. So he said it's like dew. Well, dew on the grass can be so light that it's barely perceptible. Or it can be so heavy, it's like it rained and it's, it's dripping off. Well, apparently grace is like this. You can have grace on you, uh, and then you can have more grace. And you can have even more than that. And you can have great grace upon you. How, how does this affect us? Would you know it if you had more grace on your life? How would you tell it? How would you discern it? Let me give you some, uh, some scriptures that describe uh, what this grace does for us. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So grace is divine help. So if you had more grace, you'd have more help. Would anybody take some more divine help? 
Second uh, Timothy two one. Second Timothy two one says, "Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus." So His grace, among other things, is our strength. So if you had more grace, you'd have more strength, more help, more strength. Anybody liking this? Hebrews 12.28, Hebrews 12.28 says, Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably or uh, well-pleasingly. So it's His grace that enables us to do things that please Him and to do things on a level of excellence that are pleasing and acceptable to Him. So if we had more grace, we'd be able to serve Him better. And please him better. And do a better job. Oh friend when you begin to realize what this is. Your heart begins to yearn. And desire for more grace. What if you had 10% more grace. 20% more grace. Twice the grace by the end of the year. As you had the beginning of the year. On you and on your life. How would that affect you? Well, it would affect you in numerous ways. One is things that had been challenging and difficult for you to do with more grace would now become easy to do. And things that you had not been able to do with enough grace, now you would be able to do. And with enough grace, you can receive any miracle. With enough grace... You can overcome any temptation, any trial. Areas where you've fallen repeatedly and just kept making the same mistake. With enough grace, you'll be stronger and have the help and quit yielding to it and be through with it once and for all. Can you say thank you, Lord? Lord. Would you say out loud, Lord, more grace. grace. I desire desire. more grace. So that's what we've been looking at for some weeks now. And if you haven't been with us in previous services, let me encourage you to to get the previous messages. Uh, You heard Brother Dave talk about the word supply. What that means is that uh, everything, all of our materials are available at no charge. Uh, You can go back into word supply. You can get DVDs. You can get CDs. won't cost you anything. You can download anything we have. It's like a thousand hours of of ministry online. Won't cost you anything. Download it for free. And of course, no charge means no no cost means no excuse for not getting it, not having it. So we've already been through a lot. So go back and get the previous things if you're really serious about wanting more grace. We've already got into a lot of of things that are uh, pertinent. And important. One thing we saw in answering the question, what is the favor of God? What is the grace of God? One of the, it's such a big word. We've already looked at scriptures that said it's our help, it's our strength, it's numerous things. But you, I think you could sum it up in one phrase. Moses, after being exposed to the presence of God, You know, the people had sinned grievously and they made their golden calf and they did all of this stuff. And the Lord told him, I'm not, you know, I'm not going up with that stiff-necked, hard-headed bunch. That's a Keith Moore paraphrase. (laughs) It's pretty close, though. Uh, And uh, and so Moses pled and he said, oh, Lord, 
you know, you got to go with us, basically. In, in Exodus 33 and uh, 14, 15 rather, uh, Moses said, If your presence go not with me, then carry us not up from here. And if you ain't going, <laughs> I ain't going. <laughs> if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. Verse 16, For wherein shall it be known that I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not in that you go with us? His presence with us is his grace with us and on us. When we've got more help, what is it that's helping us? Who is helping us? You understand? When we're stronger, what's making us stronger? He's making us stronger. And even though he is with us, he never leaves us and forsakes us. And he's everywhere. He's not manifested to the same degree everywhere. He can be somewhere and you not even sense his presence. You could step off the plane in some places in this world. And when you step on the ground, you think, wow, this feels like a God forsaken place. And yet he's there. But he's, his presence is not manifested. Well, can you see the same uh, truth that just like his presence, some places you don't sense his presence at all. Other places, his presence is tangible, strong. I mean, his presence is so thick, feels like you could touch it when you waved your hand through the air. Well, grace can be so light, you barely perceive it, or grace can be so heavy that you, he's very, very real to you. Same thing. It's the presence of God. God with us. When we come into a situation and people's hearts are turned toward us, and even though they didn't even know us, they want to help us, and they assist us, and do things for us, and allow us to do things, that wasn't just because you're so pretty. Huh? Somebody else came in the room with you. Right? Somebody else. His presence with you. Now go with me to Ephesians, please, the first chapter. Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. You know, as his minister, I just thank him all the time. I'm telling you, I could not find the door. I couldn't put two scriptures together if he didn't enable me to do it. And that's not an exaggeration. And when anything's got some anointing on it and anything's quickening and life, that's the Lord. I said, it's the Lord. If, as a minister, if you've ever stood up in front of people and endeavored to minister, you're surely thankful when he shows up and helps you out. Because you know without it, it's just going to be a disaster and uh, dead and dry and empty like last year's bird nest. Just nothing there. But thank God he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always with us. And he wants to minister to us. He wants to help us. Ephesians 1, did you find it? And verse 3. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him 
before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Thank you, Lord. Notice these two phrases, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, and verse 7, the riches of his grace. Let's look at that in the uh, New Century Version, if we can find that one. I know some of these are easier for them to get a hold of or not, but the New Century, if we can, if we can find it. The praise of the glory of his grace. Back up to, yeah, that's right, verse 6. Well, let me see. Back up a little bit. I'm trying to move too fast. Uh, Because of his love, God has already decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. Somebody say, "Because because of his love. That was what he wanted and what pleased him. Aren't you glad? Verse 6. And it brings praise to God because of his wonderful grace. Wonderful grace. God gave that grace to us freely in Christ, the one he loves. Grace given freely, the one he loves. Verse 7. In Christ we are set free by the blood of his death And so we have forgiveness of sins. How rich is God's grace? Grace and love are mentioned here together. And they're inseparable. The greatest expression of love is giving. I know sometimes people might think differently. I did at one time. But the one time the Lord spoke to my heart, that very phrase, the greatest expression of love is giving. And when I heard it, I thought, is that right? Is that right? And while I was pondering that, John 3.16 came to me with force. For God so loved the world that he what? Didn't say he yelled from heaven, I love you. That wasn't the greatest. That's great. But that's not the greatest expression. Didn't say he told us, you know, I just have such feelings. Oh, I just, I just have such feelings are great. But that's not the greatest expression of love. He so loved you and me and the whole world that he what? He gave. He gave Jesus. And the very word grace means gift. And it's translated gift and favor and grace and gift. There would be no gifts but by his love. Right? And every time he adds to us more grace, it's coming from love. And we ought to say thank you. Amen. Not just that we have received more, but that we are so loved. And the Bible said, First John says, we love him because he first loved us. When you realize that love and you believe and receive that love, your love 
comes up toward him. The more you realize how much he loves you, it just draws love out of you to him too. You love him. Now, in the book of John, if you'd turn there with me to the uh, 20th chapter, I want us to notice something. Jesus went out and prayed all night on one occasion and got direction, and that morning selected 12 individuals from those that had been following him. We now refer to them as the 12 apostles. And there were three of those apostles that you might call the inner circle. They went with Jesus when nobody else did. Peter, James, and John. They're, like, for instance, when uh, Jairus' daughter had died, Jesus said, Peter, James, John, you come with me. And nobody else, he wouldn't let anybody else go in the room with him except those three. He went up on the mount where he was transfigured and where they uh, uh, saw Moses and Elijah and he took three with him, Peter, James, and John. When he was uh, uh, went to Gethsemane and was so pressed and he said, I want you to pray with me. The Bible said he took three on further into the garden with him. Who were they? Peter, James, and John. Obviously, were with him in some things that nobody else was. Other ones were not invited to it or allowed in it. So they enjoyed a closer relationship with him, a closer fellowship than the others. Now, we've already talked about God's grace is his presence with us. And him allowing us to be closer to him is greater grace. Can you see this, friends? Him allowing us to be involved in things that others are not. Grace is not works. So it can't be because we've worked harder or we deserve it or we've earned it some way or another. It's just the Lord being gracious to us. Allowing us to be a part of things that not everybody is. Everybody say grace. 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 This is favor, isn't it? When the Lord looked at them and said, Peter, James, John, you three, come in. Y'all go with me. Somebody say grace. grace. And we're not just talking grace. We're talking greater grace. And and how many know that it's not that the Lord didn't love the rest of the twelve? He did. But for reasons known to him, he allowed them a closer fellowship and further involvement than others. And it was by this grace. One of the three went even further. John. It appears he enjoyed a closer fellowship even than the other two in the inner circle three. Why would you say that? Well, among other things, uh, the Bible says 
John 20, verse 2. I'll say it like this, then we'll get to 21, 20. 20, verse 2 says, uh, she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, John is pinning this. And instead of just saying me, he says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, the complete English version, the complete, the CEV, if we can find that one, it said it like this. It says, she ran to Peter and to Jesus' favorite disciple. And Phyllis is hollering, Amen. I can hear her all the way from Florida. Jesus' favorite disciple. John 21 20. If you'll turn right over there. It said, Peter, turning about, sees the disciple whom Jesus loved. Who's this talking about? John. Which also leaned on his breast at supper. And said, Lord, which is he that betrays you? Again, the complete English version, the one we just saw using the same uh, translation methods, said Peter turned and saw who? Jesus' favorite disciple. (laughs) And who wrote this? He did. (laughs) He did. (laughs) Now we're laughing. But who was it that enjoyed closer fellowship than anybody? Including Peter and James. John, it appears, enjoyed a closer fellowship with the Master than any of the other disciples. We see him on this occasion at the Last Supper. And he's got his head on Jesus' chest. They didn't have chairs sitting around the table like we do today. They kind of leaned, maybe on one elbow and kind of leaned. And he's got his head leaning on Jesus. That's about as close as he could get. And when all the, the men, you know, when they came to take Jesus... And he told them to put up their swords and they didn't understand what was going on. And everybody ran away and they took Jesus, you know, to the high priest. Uh, Peter followed afar off. The rest of them couldn't be found. John went right on in. He went right through the gate. He was standing right there as the mock trial proceeded. And when Jesus was crucified, and his mother and the women were standing at the foot of the cross. None of the other disciples could be found, but John was there. He was there with the women at the foot of the cross. And when Jesus looked down, he told uh, his mother, you know, behold your son, talking about John who's standing there, and told John, behold your mother. And the Bible said John took her to his house and treated her like his own mother after that. Well, this tells you volumes right here, doesn't it? Who was there? And who did he ask? Take care of my mother. 
And uh, when Jesus was raised from the dead, and the women saw him and uh, told the men, Peter and John, you know, ran to the tomb to see uh, what had happened. And uh, the Bible said Peter went in, and, and apparently he's still, you know, befuddled by it. But the Bible said John believed. He was the first one to believe. Can you see this? There's a closer fellowship. There, he is. He's seeing things others are not seeing. He's uh, involved in things, participating in things that others are not. And he is known as the disciple of love, the apostle of love. And in his writings, the gospel account of John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he emphasizes over and over love and fellowship. Love and fellowship, abiding in him, staying in him, fellowship, fellowshipping one with another, and love, love, the commandment of love, how much God loves you, and his claim to fame was, I'm the disciple he loves. He had a revelation of it. Oh, can you see this, friends? Now, obviously, he experienced greater grace. Greater grace. What are some things we can see about him that made him different? How did he get to enjoy this being closer? Everybody say close. It is by the grace of God you know as much about him as you do. Elsewise, you could be so far from God and church today, you could be somewhere sinning and could care less, but by the grace of God, He helped you to realize your lost condition and your need for Him and what He has done for you. And since you being born again, He's led you and brought you a long way. Amen? And we should be closer to Him than in times past. And with more grace, we can be even closer still. Is it your desire, friends? Come on, do you have a a hunger? Do you have a desire? Do you want to be in the inner circle? Do you want to be involved? Do you want to be the ones he calls to go further with him into the garden? To to come up the mount with him? Come on, to, to go in to raise up those that are needing help. Well, what was it about Peter, James, and John, and in particular, what was it about John that allowed him this closer fellowship? I can see, there are numerous things, I'm sure. I can see two things, obviously. One is humility, and that goes directly in line with what we've already seen, isn't it? James 4, 6, if you'd put it up on the screen for us. James 4, 6. It says God does what? He gives more grace. More grace. That's what we're talking about. He had more grace. Wherefore, he resists the proud, but he gives grace. To who? The humble. Two big enemies of closeness. Or pride and fear. Pride and fear. Why, what keeps people 
from being closer than they could be. Pride makes you stiff and cold and withdrawn. We see John, he ain't ashamed. He's a man, but he's got his head leaned over on Jesus' shoulder. What will people think? He don't care what you think. He loves his Jesus. And he wants to be just as close as he can get. Somebody say humility. Say it again, humility. Humility allows you more grace. That allows you closer. We see him more than one situation where he demonstrates humility. And the humble get to more grace. The second one we said is fear. Oh, this is a big one. Why are people not closer? Fear. Including not closer to the Lord. You hear people say something, well, I've been hurt. And I just, I'm afraid of being hurt again. Exactly, you said it. And that fear can cost you dearly. Afraid. And see, that same thing that people do between each other, they do with the Lord. If it's there with people, it's there with the Lord. Don't kid yourself. That's just the way you are. But you see, the, John wrote this by the Spirit of God on him. He said, perfect love does what? It casts out fear, and you can see it in him. Why don't we see all the other disciples following Jesus in to the high priest's house? Why did they all run? Because you got armed soldiers here. And there's already been some sword slinging earlier in the night. Right? And they know they've, they've been trying to kill Jesus for months. They want to wipe this whole thing off the map. And these guys know their lives could be over being around the high priest and, and his, their soldiers. John goes right on in anyway. Oh, come on. Can you see this? Love gives you courage. Love casts out all fear. He goes right in. Stands there. Feet from Jesus. They all know him. They all know. And you know, Peter, you know, he denied. Gee, I don't know him. Everybody knew John knew him. He knew they knew. And he stood right there anyway. I don't think he cared. Why do you think nobody else, none of the other men were at the foot of the cross while Jesus is being crucified? Fear. We know it was fear. Even after he was raised the dead, you know, before he appeared to him, the Bible said they were in the room with the door shut for fear. Well, they've crucified their master. They think they're next. But John, oh, I like it. Do you like it? I like it. Oh, love will free you from cowardice. Love will give you courage. Hallelujah. Perfect love, complete, full love casts out fear. It frees you from it. Man, you'll go, you'll walk right in the lion's den. 
Glory to God. And the Lord protected him. Nothing happened to him. We hear stories much later, decades later in his life, how they tried to kill him, tried to kill him, and he just wouldn't die. Finally exiled him on an island, and out there he gets the revelation. Writes it down. (laughs) Ain't much you can do with love. God is love, and it never fails. Can you say glory to God? Through this humility, through this fearlessness, we see John drawing closer to the master than anybody else. And the Lord allowing him this closeness. And he got used in things that nobody else did. He was a part of things nobody else was. Somebody say grace. 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 Do you desire this? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your heart before the Lord. Pray this out loud if you really mean it. Father God, thank you for the great love wherewith you have loved me. I believe that love. By faith, I receive that love. And I love you. I'm not ashamed. I'm not proud about that. I don't care who sees or who knows. And I'm not afraid of what might happen as I fully serve you. As I draw near to you. You said you'd draw near to me. I desire it. With all my heart, grant me grace, more grace, whereby I may be closer to you and serve you more and be more involved with you. By faith, I draw near. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands, pray in the Spirit some, or give Him praise. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.